Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as the This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. Go to AdamandEve.com and use the code GLORY at checkout. That's GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at AdamandEve.com. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 327 of Cognitive Dissonance, and we are joined this episode, Cecil, mm-hmm. by Matt Dillahunty. Matt from uh, The Atheist Experience. I think that's your how, where you're most well-known, also from The Atheist Debates. Um, thank you so much. I think it's been how, like four years since we've years had Matt least, on. A couple years at least, for yeah, sure. It's been a long time. Welcome back, Matt. I thought you said there was no welcome, Matt, and then you say... <laughs> <laughs> We say it every time, and we also sell welcome mats. Yeah. <laughs> this is, do they say this is not a welcome mat? Uh, they should. That they would be should. a great. They really we should. should. Get they, new welcome they just mat say sign. glory hole on them right yeah. now. Uh, so, well, yeah. yeah. Oh. See, I'd be afraid to put that on my front door. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We've sold them, but I'm not sure who's putting them out. You yeah. know what I mean? The neighbors, uh, the neighbors might object a little bit. You get something weird in your mail slot, right? That's for sure. <laughs> you have to put it on the back door. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to just uh, talk about a couple of stories with you. Um, the first one is from Right Wing Watch. This is uh, Kenneth Copeland now has a direct line to deliver messages from God to President Trump. Oh, you just said it. You oh, just I said did. it. You just I did. said it. And I had, I had. You had, you had made a big stink about, about how you never were never going to say that. Well, but that I lasted, quoted a line. I lasted, quoted a line. I quoted a line. Seriously, no shit. Like a week. I read. First of all, last no no week. That's and, the, a week in two days. I'll a week you, is about yeah. the the length of my commitments okay, that, I'm, that I'm willing that's to make fair. at this yeah. point. Uh, yeah. Damn it! You did say it. It doesn't count if I read. I don't know about that. I think it counts. I I claim a mulligan on my entire life. (laughs) Is that something I can do? I want to. I think you. Yeah, I think you can do that. I've been trying all of 2016 to mulligan my life. If we could just mulligan like 2016. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Believe me, nobody wants that more than me, buddy. Wait a minute, we were going to do a counterpoint. We thought you were a Trump supporter. Oh my god! (laughs) No, but I've interacted with a lot of Trump supporters, and uh, holy cow. You know, it was difficult and it was frustrating. And I'm, I'm sure on election night, I like I probably blocked two dozen people 
on Facebook. And I love how, you know, people were coming in. They're like, oh, you're just setting up an echo chamber for yourself. And I'm like, look, douchebag, I will be happy to speak to you in public or debate you in some other forum. But I just got shit on in the worst possible way. And I, yes, Facebook is going to be my safe space. <laughs> I'd rather not have a bunch of racist shits. Uh, and, and all the, uh, oh, my gosh, I, w- I went off on pretty much everybody for everything. <laughs> There's people who are like, oh, I thought you were above this. Don't you appreciate honest discourse? Yes, I do. And you're free to email me or set up a debate or hell, maybe even do a hangout sometime. But when I'm on Facebook and I see a racist dipshit who couldn't figure out exactly what the worst possible thing he could do with his vote was and just guess, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need to spend time with you. So, Copeland, and I think we're going to talk about Baker in a minute, too, but they are essentially on the fringes of Christianity. They don't represent mainstream group. They're not as fringe as like Westboro or Steven Anderson, um, but they're and, – and maybe they're not as – no, they, I, I would put them on a par with Alex Jones, um, who's another Trump guy. Right. They're, they have this audience that's built in that represents – some chunk of the there but for the grace of God go I crowd. And Copeland is excited, I think, because he recognizes in Trump a similarly irrational mind. <laughs> and that's the call? That's like their calling card? It's like, <laughs> I also can't form a coherent and straightforward linear path to thinking like, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, you're you're hanging out at the atheist convention and you spot the person, you know, in the 9-11 truther shirt or the flatter <laughs> goes up at your convention and all of a sudden you're like, there's my people. A con artist. <laughs> a con artist can always spot a mark, even right. if he started to believe his own BS. And in Copeland's case, I happen to view him as a fairly clear con artist, although I think he believes his own BS. And so he looks at Trump as somebody who is clearly going to be a mark. And is clearly fringe enough um, that he might be able to exploit that. But you don't. You're not going to find. I mean, we, we're talking. We're talking about two, like, fringe jackasses in Christianity. I'm. I'm sure he's been. Trump has endorsements from all kinds. Of, I'm sure Hagee endorsed him because uh, Hagee's a non-fringe jackass. Uh, but you know, the more moderate man it's, it makes me so sad that now i'm trying to normalize some really awful people because they're not as bad as some other people well, I, let, let, I, i'm not gonna play that game i want to i want to ask you about this though because we it's it's one thing to look at somebody like copeland and say that he's fringe but how fringe can you really be when the president of the united states just appointed you to be a part of your faith advisory council like <laughs> you know the problem is when i read that one of the concerns that i have is immediately it's like well, why do we have a faith advisory council? But beyond that, like, you take a guy who's fringe like that, and now we're making those fringe guys mainstream. You take a guy like Alex Jones, the president's talking to him. It's really hard to say, well, it's just a fringe guy. He's just, you know, he's just some guy who lives on the periphery. Man, when the president-elect is talking to you and giving you time, you you don't get a whole lot more mainstream. You're starting at least to to creep up on the mainstream, don't you think? Oh, no, no. I See, I think if you'd have said this in any other year, you'd have been dead on. But when you have a fringe president. <laughs> well, how can you even uh, have a fringe president, though? Like, I want him to be a fringe president because then he wouldn't be the president. <laughs> but, but, like, you cease being the fringe when you get 
the millions of votes when you get 40 million votes. Like, it's hard for me to be like 60 million, Tom. Oh, Six, God. Uh, 60 million. I am going to be actually sick. strange. It's strangely listed because I've, I've never heard of a faith advisory council. What I have heard is the advisory council on faith based initiatives. Um, and I've heard of the advisory faith council, which may have been what they meant. Uh, but Obama named a transgender person to the advisory faith faith council. Um, I don't have a problem so much with the idea that there might be some sort of council like this, provided that their goal is to just merely recognize that we live in a country where there are people with a lot of different religions sure. and they need to work out how we're going to not kill each other. Let's let's listen to what Copeland says about this, if we can, because I think he's rejoicing. You know, what? the, the reason this story struck me is that um, this guy thinks he's got a main line to God, yeah. right? That's that's the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Is he more excited about the main line to God or the main line to Trump? Well, and that's that's yeah, a good point, we'll right? Because out. he wants to be the conduit, right? Yeah. And I actually think it's kind of funny because, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but um, you know, like these guys are all Protestants, right? And part of the Protestant Reformation was to get rid of the middleman, right? The priest middleman. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And in this case, he's rejoicing that he'll be a fucking intercessory between, yeah. you know, God himself sure. and the president. Like, I think we can cut out the middleman. Like, we've been working yeah, on that for yeah. several hundred can't years. Just go right to him. Right. Yeah, let, let me play me. Narcissist, can we throw in the same room and not have <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's play the clip. All right. I'm going to play it and then we'll stop it as we go through to sort of talk a little bit about it. You've been a part of the Faith Advisory <coughs> Council that was assembled together. Um, James Robinson had a part in that. A number of ministers, nationally known ministers, have been a part of that. What would you say that would be most interest to our Christian audience, especially the faith audience, that you've heard in those? <laughs> it's nobody that, but a faith that doesn't audience. Doesn't make any sense. Like the <laughs> faith audience. What? Well, to be fair, the three of us are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you got us there. Got I guess you got. There. Yeah, it's like okay, everybody but right wing watch and cognitive dissonance with Matt Delonte. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You got it. Meetings, those phone calls, uh, that gives you the most hope. And what you're listening for, what was your ear tuned to that you've heard out of that? That was the most encouraging thing as a Christian. Terry, I believe the thing that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not is not so much what was said. God has given him the gift of God. <laughs> You know, he's got to stop and is, Are we listening to Moses or Aaron? <laughs> well, the one thing, good thing is that, you know, if I have to clear my throat or there's a problem or whatever else, it's no big deal because I'm not portraying myself as anything other than a human being. But as soon as you are the the, the proposed voice of God, <laughs> God, has, God has given me a message to give to you yeah. today. <clears throat> and... <clears throat> <laughs> And uh, excuse me there, Terry. Uh, I think the message, um, well, there was a message. <laughs> right? Holy crap. Conversations in those meetings, but the fact that we were having them. Hmm. And yeah. I yeah. have no doubt at this point, from what I've, what I've heard, what I've seen uh, that's taken place uh, the, over the last month that, that this has been happening. Um, Long pauses. If something were to really really strike my heart if God really showed me something that I felt like and that the Lord would say you deliver this I have no doubt but what I could deliver it well hang on a minute 
if the Lord gives a message to a messenger, would he not imbue that messenger with the ability to impart the message? And if he didn't do that, wouldn't it be a fucking lame dick fucking message? Like, well, yeah. I, I gave you the message. You gave it to that fucking mute guy. That was like literally the worst. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hey, what kind of dick God would tell you to say something to somebody and you just weren't going to be able to do it? Oh, <laughs> sorry, Mr. Trump won't actually see you, but I've got a message from God. <laughs> Trump doesn't care. <laughs> no, Trump didn't give yeah. you that message and he is God. Look, you can tweet it at him just like everybody else, okay? Yeah, and at the end of at the end of that complaint, after God has told you to go talk to Trump, and Trump says no, Copeland will still say thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true in presidents' past. Mm -hmm. Even though we had influence in in uh, in in some areas, in some ways. But if the Lord were to say something to me and the other presidents that what little I've had to do with them. Literally terrible at your job. You're literally <laughs> terrible at speaking. You are the worst at this. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether I could have ever gotten anybody to listen to me or not. But I am <laughs> totally convinced that if the Lord were to say something to me, if mm -hmm. the Lord were to say mm -hmm. something to David, or if the Lord were to say something to Bishop that, that, that the president needs to hear, <clears throat> I have yeah. no doubt. Yeah. That we could do it and do it quickly. Yes, sir. At this point, though, if he could actually demonstrate that he could ever deliver a message effectively and quickly, I might. <laughs> I don't think it's possible, and it would be a miracle. That's awesome. Because it's, it's yeah. taken us like 85 minutes to get through this two little paragraph. Um, um, pause, and I have no doubt, and we could do it and do it quickly, and uh. and and the president needs to hear. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> and have audience to say, thus saith the Lord. And, and he wouldn't just turn it over to an aide or something and just write it off. He would listen and, and it would mean something to him. It would mean something to him because you're speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, the infinitely wise, almighty creator of the universe keeps sending Cletus the slack-jawed yokel <laughs> to stammer and yaw about oh i think i think if god told me you needed to hear this well let's let's listen to uh this jim baker one because this is this happened uh matt this 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 clip that we're going to play for jim baker that happened the night of the election so we're going to hear their reaction and you know i'm going to try to stifle my vomit here um when that when trump actually went so they're going to announce it sort of on their program so this is this is jim baker on his uh terrible show Fox, oh Fox just gave them wow. 274. 274. Fox has declared Donald, Donald Trump is president. <laughs> it lacked. <laughs> oh, they are freaking out though. Of course, though. I mean, like, like I'm gonna be real honest though. If if Hillary would have won and we were doing our live election coverage, I would be would happy just too. I would have high five yeah. too. So I'm not right. gonna, you know. Yeah. I would have high five. That would have been like hell. Yeah. I'm still willing to high five. Yeah. Can we make that happen? <laughs> yes, sir. I've, I've got my <laughs> hand in the air like I just don't care. Can we get that done, please? Yeah. I yeah. I I think the re one of the reasons why it's more annoying is because I was actually anticipating having that reaction myself and did not. Right. So there's a sour grapes going on for sure. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fucking Nate Silver. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Who taught that guy math? Yeah, how, do, how, do you, how do you fuck it up that bad? Although I did see a, blah, a bunch of stuff that said that he was the clo- he was the one who gave Trump the biggest chance out of like anybody. Um, supposedly, that's what he's. That's the line he's touting now is that he gave every he he gave Trump the biggest chance, and then Trump came. Didn't and won. give him a bigger chance than the American idiots who voted for yeah. him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although to be fair, to be fair, I looked at you know, and I actually posted a graph because you know I, I like some data, and as it turns out, despite an increase in population, the number of people who voted for the Republicans uh, declined. It's from from 2008 to 2012, it went down. And from 2012 to 2016, it went down only just marginally. Effectively, about the same number of people voted, even though it's a slightly smaller portion of the population. But you could look at the Republican vote as a pretty much a stat, a, a straight line. With the Democratic Party, though, there were 10 million fewer Democratic votes in 2016 from what there was in 2008. And I think it was... 4 million less than 2012. So the number of people who are voting Democrat now, Obama was probably an oddity. Yeah. The 2008 election with him, we're probably not going to see numbers like that again, but it dropped dramatically into in 12 and it dropped even more to in 16 to the point where, yeah, she won the popular vote, but it was pretty much dead even. And only like 56% of people even bothered to show up and vote. So the 10 million drop, even with a population increase, there were, I think, 6 million uh, third-party votes. But that still means there's 4 million that didn't bother to show up at all. Well, one of the things that I think um, the Electoral College, like especially in our state, right? So like we're a blue state. We're always going to be a blue state no matter what happens. And so when Obama ran – we're in Illinois. So when Obama ran – just I feel like people probably came out so they could be part of history. Like I would love to vote this man in sort yeah, of thing. I agree with that. But then yeah. when it finally came to pass, the the votes don't matter until the electoral the electoral colleges because it's the states that vote them in. It's not the people that vote them in, right? So the states are voting them in. And so yeah. It, it mattered what the states had to say. The the we we look at the popular vote, but it doesn't even matter. Like the popular vote is is irrelevant. Right. Um, it's the states that are deciding who is the person who gets to represent the country. And well, so I would say it's irrelevant as long as like twenty six states have their electoral votes bound to the popular vote. That is I mean, true. Not, no, that is true. No, none of the popular vote and still win. Yeah. I mean, that's just, nobody's gonna. Yeah. I mean, I'm, what I mean to say, I guess, let me, let me be more specific. What I mean to say is the full United States popular vote doesn't have an impact right. on the, the, the election at the end. Now the state popular vote matters based on, yeah. you know, that, but the, that, so state by state, it matters, but adding it all up at the end doesn't matter. Because it doesn't – you could have – there's been there's been some models I, – I forget. I watched a video on it once where you could have a tiny portion of the vote as long as you won certain states and you won by 51 percent. Like you could have a much smaller uh, proportion of the votes based on how the states give votes. But what I, what I really do feel like, you know, it disenfranchises the people here in my state to say, well, you know – who cares? It's going to be blue anyway. So why should I go out and vote? And so I think some people yeah. who probably weren't going to, they were, they, they came out for Barack Obama. They might not have come out for Hillary because of that. Well, Texas was within four at one point. I mean, and, and, and some of these states, I mean, the thing to remember is that most of these states, well, none of these states have always been, you know, uniform. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. 
But I got I got into a number of arguments with third party voters and I have friends. I have co-hosts who voted third party. And, you know, I keep trying to get my point across, which is this idea that your vote is useless is often leveraged by some third parties to say, okay, well, then use it for something else. But the thing is, it's not useless because the polls suck, as we learned on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, for sure. So, but the voting data doesn't necessarily suck unless you're just tossing your vote away. So if you vote, um, if there's a district or a state or whatever that is traditionally blue or red and they start to see a trend based on votes that it might be going a different way. And yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the two party thing. That's how they determine where to spend money. And that's how things eventually change. As long as you keep this thing of, well, I live in a red state or a blue state or a red County or a blue County, there's no point in me ever voting because there's not enough people like me here to switch it. As long as you keep that mentality going, you will be correct. It is a, a self-enforcing, uh, prophecy there. I, I voted for Bernie in the primary. And I voted for Hillary in the general. And actually, the day I voted for Bernie in the primary, I said, I voted for Bernie today, but I expect to be voting for Hillary in the general. Yeah. And there were people who said, why? Why would you do that? Why would I was like, because Bernie's not going to be on the fucking ballot. Yeah. <laughs> and a friend of mine went and uh, on election day, he wrote in as a write-in candidate, Bernie fucking Sanders. And I was like, you are not too stupid for me to actually engage with. Because first of all, <laughs> there's no such person as Bernie fucking <laughs> So you didn't even vote for the person you thought you did. <laughs> but meanwhile, you know, when you compare the two candidates, one of these, Hillary or Trump, one of them is going to be right. president. And when yeah. you compare the two of them, if you don't care that voting for Bernie fucking Sanders increases the likelihood that Trump gets in, then I don't even want to talk to you. Because you don't, people are like, well, I voted my conscience. Well, then clearly your conscience is defective because it doesn't care enough about the Supreme Court or a living wage or the fact that the president may appoint as many as three justices to the Supreme Court. We're already missing one. There's two possible three yeah. that are damn near, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. dead. Um, you don't care about living wage. You don't care about, you know, health care or you know, whatever. But I don't think the, tr the truth is you know, or the best thing is a happy medium. I'm, I'm fine with some radical ideas, I'm, but I'm not going to throw civil rights and, and Supreme Court justices with lifetime appointments that are going to affect an entire generation. Because there were people that were like, hey, man, it's no big deal. He's going to be there for four years, maybe eight if we're not lucky. So it's worth it for me to cast you know, my third party vote. And you know, you, you're, I'm not saying you're not free to vote however you want. But if your reason is that this is only four years, then you weren't even thinking about the Supreme Court at all. Yeah. yeah because right. there's at least one, probably three justices that he's going to get to a point, And that's 20, 30 years on the good side. The time for a protest vote is not in the final general presidential election yeah, when, yeah. when Supreme Court hangs in the balance. And the time to make a third party viable is also not then what we what the third parties need to do to to actually get to viability. I mean, okay, we can talk about throwing out the electoral college. I'm probably okay with that. We can talk about um, uh, ranked voting, where you basically put your yeah first past the post preferred yeah. order, and they get a you know. But I think that that leads to uh, completely middle of the road crap. Uh, you, you're not going to get any sort of dramatic change. So it it maintains the status quo more often than not. But if you want to make a third party viable, then you need to get your third party candidates in Congress. You need to get them 
in the House of Representatives, then you need That's to get them true. in the Senate, and then Absolutely. you need to go for the presidency. Because if you just keep aiming for the presidency and saying, oh, I'm going to be a spoiled brat, and if, because you didn't pick my candidate, I'm going to burn the whole thing to the ground, yeah. you are never going to have to make third-party candidates viable. That's absolutely true. I feel I feel like they need to be local, and they need to be in people's face being local, finding out like what they're for, what they're about, and then growing from there. You you don't you don't grow by just automatically winning the lottery, right? right. You go out and you try to build, you build, you build, and they're not doing that. They're not I I've seen many many times I've seen Green Party I see constantly see Green Party for the governor in Illinois, but I rarely see Green Party for anybody else. It's once in a great while I'll yeah. see a Green Party. It's but, a very it's a very entitled viewpoint. You got to put in a little bit of work to 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 kind of move up. Yep. Yep. And you've got to let people know who you are. And right now, you know, I remember it wasn't a handful of years ago. And I, I agree with greens on some stuff. I agree with libertarians on some stuff, but the libertarian party platform in one state had cannibalism in their party platform. And they're basically arguing that because, you know, the government shouldn't intervene that if I, um, I should be allowed to do that and they should be allowed to do that. And anything that prevents that is a violation of freedom That's and it's insanity. much regulation. And they put that in their platform. Now, I think I could perhaps agree in principle on some aspects of the philosophical argument that they're making about freedom. But they're ignoring all the things about, you know, public safety and consent and how do you avoid coercion and all this stuff. And they're avoiding the fact that it's stupid to try to convince America that you are the next great new party and you're in favor of cannibalism. Oh, right. You're, 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 <laughs> like, this is the hill you're going to die on? This is it? This is You're trying to win a political election and you're choosing like some crazy esoteric argument to yeah. try to to try well you're polling really? your polling place is motel hell right. so <laughs> makes sense how so. dare you come and and use violence to take my tax money away while i'm eating my best friend right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try to finish this clip out here and i'll tell you There's why god that's listening i have lived through a lot including your own incarceration you <laughs> fraud <laughs> the best part is the wife's like yes you He's have gone through hell yeah. He deserved it. <laughs> he, he was almost poor for a couple of years. <laughs> we kept his money warm while he was in prison. Exactly. It was in a blind trust. <laughs> yes, you have. I have. I have seen from a child in Michigan. I have helped build the main major television networks for Christ. And I've seen miracles. Every time it took a miracle. It took a miracle to build CBN. It took a miracle to build TBN. They had to move a mountain at TBN. Mm -hmm. I've seen the miracles. Beyond miracles. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing a magic show this weekend at, at CES 300 thing. And I'm picking out music for a couple of different bits, but there's not going to be music. But I, I really think, you know, next time I'm just going to like hire a band to stand in the background. <laughs> and, and, Automatically insert whatever mood music. So no when matter they, when what, they start to be upbeat. They, they just, then I don't have to worry yeah, about you it. Just run with it. Just run with it. But I believe today. I have seen the greatest miracle I have ever seen. If you've never actually seen a miracle, <laughs> I guess that's true, right? It's I mean, like it's, it doesn't it, matter. It's, it's like whatever's available at four a.m. in the bar. You know, I'll just take any miracle. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
you were a two and now you're a ten. <laughs> Praise I'm Jesus. Not, I'm using the Trump scale. <laughs> if he would have said this is the greatest miracle I've ever heard of, that would have been a much better quote. <laughs> right? This is like, the greatest really? This is the Trump greatest miracle. That is greater than Jesus rising from the dead? Or, yeah. Hell, I, I think the, the five loaves and fishes thing is better than <laughs> It's a hell of a trick, actually. The, the greatest miracle he's ever seen is something which had a 25% chance of happening, according to Nate Silver, <laughs> happen. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, a 25% chance of happening. It was like, wow, that's the greatest yeah. miracle possible. Yeah. All the wise men said, no, yeah. it won't happen. It's an interesting point, though. If all the wise men said, no, it won't happen, then Jim Baker's not wise. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because the way he presented it throughout his whole his whole we've been following Jim Baker for a long time and the clips that we see, the way he's been presenting it has been you've got to go out there and do this. This is what God wants us to do. God wants it. He I don't he was never saying like Donald Trump is definitely gonna win. I don't remember him saying those words. He was saying, like, if Donald Trump doesn't win, it's the end of the United States. If Donald Trump doesn't win, it's the end of our rights. If Donald Trump doesn't win, we have to go underground and hide from the mainstream because they're going to hate religion. So he was he's been playing on that, but he hasn't been saying, like, definitely God is going to win. So this is actually uh, a really good con um, from from Baker, because. You should, if you're in this position, support the long odd candidate because you've got nothing to lose. If they don't win, it's the expected result. And you can blame it on the godless communist liberal media supported by Satan. Sure. Yet if he does win, you've got a miracle which you can claim that you predicted and you are on the right side of all this because you're getting your information from God. It is is a literally – a no lose proposition for him. Yeah, uh, and it reminds you know we, we talked about the the Bill Nye Ken Ham debate, and that was a no lose proposition for Ken Ham because if he won, which he didn't, then yeah. he gets to say, "Hey, we're winning. I need more money." And if he loses, which he did, he gets to go back to his people and say, "Hey, we're losing. We need more money." <laughs> <laughs> I, I see this Baker thing, and I think I think he's got to be disappointed actually that Trump won. Because the whole narrative that he's been that he's been working on is because this guy's goal is not is to sell buckets, right? All Jim Baker cares about. He's a bucket salesman. Yeah, he sells he wants buckets to sell as of garbage, many buckets right? as he can. He yeah. sells buckets of freeze-dried food. He's just a bucket salesman. That's his only thing. And he sells apocalypse buckets. And his whole apocalypse has been based on the likelihood of a Hillary yeah. win. So I think what he was doing is he was looking at Hillary and saying, Hillary's most likely to win. I'm going to predict all the doom and gloom that when Hillary wins, it's the end of the world and there's nuclear bombs are going to go off and it's going to my bucket sales go through the roof. And then and and so in order to do that, I have to predict that Hillary's going to win. I have to want her not to win because that's apocalyptic and I can't want the apocalypse because that would be evil. But reality is that I want you to think there's an apocalypse. So you buy my garbage buckets, my yeah. stupid shitty buckets, right? And so I think that's what he's been doing. And now Trump wins and he's got to be like well, fucking all the doom and gloom I predicted yeah. with a Hillary win well, it's now doesn't it's, sell me buckets. But now it's doom and gloom with Muslims. They had the numbers. They said it can't. I, I, I mean, almost everybody around me even was giving up. The prophets were even giving up because they were showing the odds and the numbers. And they said the numbers aren't there. All the polls were wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the polls. 
were wrong, Lori. It's really a miracle. It's a miracle. And the prophets were right. They were. God was right. You just said they were wrong. <laughs> you just said yeah. they were wrong. Just a moment ago, you said that the prophets were wrong, and now the prophets are right. What? What's What's funny to me, too, is he says, you know, the prophets were giving up. Then he says the prophets were right. So I'm assuming he doesn't mean the prophets were right to give up. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you hear him, he's like, all oh, the polls were wrong and the prophets were right. And then he realizes, hey, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be selling God. And he in- inserts, God was right. <laughs> you, you, you should have started with God was right, and then God's prophets were, were right. But that's just the way he thinks. He's going to, you know, he's he's marketing the prophets really while pretending that he's marketing God. So he starts with saying the prophets were right and then kind of slips in this uh, addition correction so that it's clear that he, yeah, yes, I'm still talking about God, but really it's about me and my buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the fuck? So, Tom, we read uh, for this particular uh, uh, show, we read David Icke's book, The Biggest Secret. We read chapter 16, which is Where Have All the Children Gone? So now if you're sort of just catching up with what we're doing, we've been reading every, a chapter of this book. We've, we've had to skip a couple of weeks because of, uh, because of a lot of stuff that's been going on. We've been very busy. We had a full seven hours worth of broadcast that we did for the off election, the cuff right? for the election. Uh, so we decided instead to skip a couple of weeks. But we've been reading this book at this point for a couple months. And uh, we're reading each chapter, sort of dissecting each chapter. We give a little summary of the chapter. And then we give each other a quiz. We, yep. re- we make a little quiz for each other. And it's so you can play along at home. Uh, and you can decide whether or not you can you can pass the test uh, of 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 actually reading this book. And sometimes the best way to get information is just to hear us kind of you know bandy about and, and quiz each other, quiz each other on, on the amazing yeah. intellectual notions that David I yeah. floats forth in. Yeah, the most much biggest secret. All right, so Tom, why don't, how many questions do you have? I got three, but they're a power three. Okay, so I got four. So let me All go right. first. All right. Tom, which pop star is purportedly a mind-controlled slave, and what song led Ike to believe this? Oh, God. A, The Jesus Lizard, Queen for a Day. B, Skrillex, Reptile. (laughs) That's great. C, Crystal Gale, Don't It Make Your Brown Eyes Blue. And D, Reptile people are responsible for all music. It makes their ti- it makes their tiny little tympanic membranes tickle. Well, it's got to be the tympanic membranes because that's the best answer there. <laughs> it's not. It's I know. I'm crystal, choosing the best answer. Crystal Gale. I know. Don't it make your, your brown, brown eyes, eyes blue. blue? She she wrote that. Oh, because and let me t- let me tell you the backstory and why she wrote that. Okay. She wrote that down because she's a mind controlled slave, and one of the things. That one of the crazy Nazi doctors wanted to do <laughs> to the Jews during World War II was to try to turn their brown eyes blue. And so she wrote that song specifically because they were so stupid, they told her about it while she was mind controlled. And then she just couldn't control herself and just wrote And that's a song. how you communicate information so. is to write, to write songs. pop songs that yeah. sort of hide Sad the, love yeah, songs. Yeah, hide the meaning underneath, right. Tom. Yeah. That's how that's it how, works. That's how you could, the best way to communicate an idea is to hide the idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, sure. no. It's that's like actually su- never It's like the subliminal. Case. It's like right. re- playing something backwards, kind of. Cecil, before they're allowed to enter the positions of power, what must world leaders allow to be played with? 
I know. A, they're Pokeballs. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> B, their minds, such as they are, and as reported by that esteemed and lauded member of high society, the late foreign minister of Guyana, which is, I double-checked, real. <laughs> C, their American Girl Doll collection, but only if you remember to treat them more carefully next time. These are goddamn collector's items. I thought you were talking about a real doll collection, because <laughs> I got one of those. So, Or D, their feelings. <laughs> It's B. It is B. It is B. It is it's B. the saddest B. It's B. Yeah. yeah. Right. I love when they get he gets all of his information from the late foreign minister of Guyana. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's a thing, yeah. right? That's Didn't a, he have a TV show for a while? Uh, Jim Jones. Yeah. yeah. Great job. <laughs> it was a short-lived program. <laughs> all right, Tom. What's the Had best? A twist ending. <laughs> it really did. What's the best way for the Brotherhood to carry out their assassinations? A. Use their monoatomic gold to disappear into the fourth dimension and then pop in to the third right behind you and then snap your tiny human neck like a toothpick? B. No, I don't need any more choices. B. It's my favorite. Use their oligarchic power to control all aspects of your finances, crushing you mentally and then forcing you so far down you have to, uh, so far down on your luck, you have to suck cock for a bag of combos. And then at that point, you'd rather just eat a gun instead. Are they pizza flavored combos? Mm, Bologna flavored. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) I'd rather eat a gun than that. C. Since they control all seats of power in our government, they just arrest you for some made-up charge and then throw you in jail. Yeah. And while you're there, <laughs> you get shanked in the yard. And then you get stabbed with an improvised device in the recreational area. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> or D, they, over many, many years, <laughs> put you into a, and I used all E's for this, ye oldie mind control program. <laughs> And slowly implant thoughts into your head. Well, I'm going to guess that it's D. It is it ye is oldie. D. And, it it, is and I ye did oldie. ye oldie mind control and program all with these. All with superfluous ease. All with superfluous ease. I love it. Although I guess it's not superfluous in the ye oldie. That's just very true. Ye, 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 ye. Cecil, uh, what is education doing to children today? Oh, I don't know. I got it. one of these questions, too. Hey, learning them. Learn them real good and proper like. <laughs> B, Common Core, which is really a reptilian plan to core or remove (laughs) the center mass of the brainstem from children by teaching them how to think about math differently. When children learn learn concepts from different angles than their parents, parts of their minds wither and die, leaving the perfect space for reptile eggs to incubate. (laughs) It's that one. C, (laughs) I wish it was that one. This book would be so much more interesting. (laughs) Great. Allowing secret shadow governments ruled by the Rothschilds and their ilk to manipulate and mind control generations of people so that the lizard people can seize the power that they already have and use it to hold power over the people they already control. I think it's that one. Or D, tirelessly working to educate a generation of lazy good-for-nothings who just want to sex each other while you stand in front of 30 of these awful ingrates questioning why you even bothered to get that master's degree and wondering what percentage of your pension you could really live off of once dad dies and leaves you the house. It's C. It's C. It is C. It's C. I know. Tough choices. All right. How are we sure Anton LaVey was evil? I love it already. A. He has naturally squinty eyes. Truth. It's true. It's true. B, his grandmother came from Transylvania, legendary home (laughs) of the blood-sucking vampire, and he loved horror movies. Jesus. C, 
He stirs his Neapolitan ice cream into a reddish brown <laughs> homogenous lump before he eats it. Or D, he put cream in his Earl Grey tea. Oh, and that one's for you, Marsh. That one's that that's one's Marsh. Marsh. That's yeah. a shout out yeah. to Marsh. Yeah. It's B. It's B. It is B. It's B. Well done, Transylvania. <laughs> 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 so I, love that he, I love that Anton LaVey loved horror movies. It's a, so do the, that's why there's a whole industry of horror movies. Uh, Cecil, uh, many soldiers, and we just know this is true, many soldiers become multiples after huh. witnessing terrible events on multiples. the battlefield. Oh, multiple personalities. I remember this now. Yeah. What the fuck does this mean? It's multiple personalities. I just answer your question. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I, meant, I don't know why I, I write I'm these. Sorry, I, I don't even know why I, I write these. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I, didn't mean to I didn't mean to blow the big secret, Tom. <laughs> I didn't mean to blow the biggest secret either. So it's kind of not. That was a good smiley side there, actually. That's not bad. <sighs> All right, go. A, Dick. <laughs> In the moments immediately. Oh, no, I'll take A. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> That's fair. In the moments immediately following a traumatic and violent event, it is not uncommon for a rift to occur in space and time, causing time to run temporarily backward to the moment of a person's conception and splitting the mother's egg. This is how twins and triplets or multiples are made. <laughs> I like this. The reptile people can sense this rift through the ripples it causes in the fourth dimension yeah. and use the newly created embryo as their own, imbuing it with reptilian DNA. This is why there's always one evil twin. <laughs> See Kate and Abel and Danny DeVito as proof. <laughs> I like this. Your book is so much better. Your book is so much better than right. David Icke's book. B. When soldiers are exposed to terrible shit, their minds fracture often over and over into honeycomb-like file cabinets of self, which pieces are then usable like horcruxes to <laughs> manipulate soldiers into becoming evil mind-controlled robots, eventually uh, trying to kill Harry Potter. How much does it cost to get a blowjob from a horcrux? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the neighborhood from my experience. That's true. That's true. Uh, C. Terrible battlefield events cause soldiers to fracture in other dimensions. When this happens, these soldiers become multiples, often causing terrible havoc across different realities in other dimensions, each fighting to become the one. <laughs> See, Chet Lee. <laughs> okay, that's good. Or D. I love that you remembered an action movie plot. That's the best part, is that, I know. Is that you don't know anything about action I've movies. I've never even seen that whole movie. I've just heard it referenced. Oh, okay. That's, wow. Good I for know, you. right? Good for you. Or D. Often the only remedy for the trauma of battle is for a soldier to binge watch episodes of John and Kate plus eight. Fans of this show are called multiples. <laughs> it's B. It is it's B. B. It is B. But sans Horcrux. But yeah, yeah I, I may have I may have you editorialized may have added, you may have added a little a bit. Horcrux, admittedly, some artistic license right. goes so Tom, into these answers. Tom, Bohemian Grove is a place where Satanists fucking kill people. <laughs> <laughs> where do they get all the children they kill? <laughs> a. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee a day, <laughs> you can import a special sacrificial child from a third world country. B, you abduct them from nearby neighborhoods. Always eat local. Oh, nice. <laughs> Nicely C, done. Well, they're, well, they're going to get little Jenny if she doesn't stop fucking asking for a goddamn <laughs> pony. Or D, all the evil feminists that don't have time to get coat hanger abortions. Oh, God. Raise them in veal cages for a few years and then donate them to the cause. Every year, the head Satanist in the world, the President of the United States, pardons one on Easter. <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's B. It's, it's I B. I don't want to play eat this local. anymore. They eat local, Tom. That's how it works. That's All amazing. Right, so this is my this is my synopsis. The CIA makes drugs like the LSD widely available so we, we can drop out of reality. When all the lizards really had to do to create a non-participatory culture is to create the Internet. <laughs> we follow the reptile way of educating kids, which means that mind control is so invasive that people won't need the police because they are too submissive, as evidenced by the police having fucking tanks. Also, anal can change your mind. <laughs> So that's it. And you could change your mind on anal, actually. Yeah. This this chapter was just a big long list again of uh, people though that are that are evil, that are, that evil are doing horrible yeah. shit, right. that are stealing kids, and that are like raping kids. They're talking about like at one point she he's talking about like um this girl was raped at NASA and like the UN. Like he was naming <laughs> like all, all the places over. where this girl all was raped. Over. Yeah. Um that is completely Take one down, pass them around. <laughs> So for the next chapter, uh, it looks pretty short, actually, the next chapter. So, uh, so I've heard that before. 17 for next time. So uh, if you're playing along at the home game, chapter 17 in David Icke's book, The Biggest Secret, is next. So let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Uh, I, I, you know, Tom, I think this is a really great sponsor for our show. And we got messages after we took up the sponsorship from people who are like, I totally bought a fucking dildo. Thank you so much. Because it's like, you know, I saved 50%. I got some stuff. And I was able to use the code word that you guys do, glory, G-L-O-R-Y. And they got some free shit out of adamandeve.com. I love the idea that our show is giving people orgasms. Well, no, I that's not. That's because not, I feel like mostly it takes away yeah, orgasms. I, yeah, and right. I also don't want to go too far on that. I presume they're not thinking anything at all about our show. I'm hoping they are. During, I'm hoping after, you're all thinking about me right now. Before, <laughs> pretty much any time. Just go ahead and play this on repeat oh. in the background. Oh. You'll need that cock ring, which you can get half off by entering <laughs> glory at checkout. Yeah. Yeah. I'm testing my own choke, my own, uh, my own gag reflex right now. Look, when you're at home playing a little game of slappy chokey, think of us. And remember, those no. restraints are brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Don't think of us. Don't think of us at all. Never think of us while you're doing that. Think of something sexy, for that Christ's sake. That spreader sex. bar is brought to you by <laughs> Cognitive Dissonance. You probably got it half off by going to AdamandEve.com <laughs> and entering glory at checkout. So just remember that if you want to get a good deal on, on any kind of erotic item, sex item, you can go to AdamandEve.com. 50% off right now. You get three adult DVDs, a mystery gift. And you get free shipping if you type in the code word glory at checkout. That's G-L-O-R-Y. All right. So we want to talk about this story. This is uh, unsurprisingly from Right Wing Watch. We've got some uh, audio here. This is Michelle O'Bachman. Is that still funny? Is she still an O'Bachman at this point? Yeah. She is for another she's 20 days another, or so, right? Another, yeah, more than that. <laughs> I know, second, right? It's like 40 days oh, or whatever. God. Yeah, she's oh, still... God. Is it still funny? I want it to still be funny, guys. <laughs> she's Michelle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, she's commenting on Donald Trump's victory. Oh, God. Uh, she says, uh, the Lord did this. Actually. Oh, so, Actually. Fuck you, Lord. You did this. Yeah. You this did is, this. You fucking Jill Stein voters. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, this is Michelle Obachman. Talking to Richard Barton, who is dressed like a Star Trek red shirt. Yeah, right now. He's gonna get, he's just gonna disappear behind that rock yeah. <laughs> at any he's moment. Go, and come out covered in gonna, tribbles. Yeah, he's gonna have a cut, tribble on his dick. 
This is probably the key graphic of the entire night. Key graphic. Yeah, you graphic. It's past tense for graphic. Because <laughs> you can past tense a noun. <laughs> Hey, see that you car? You do that shit all the Dude, time. I'm you funny when I do it. I'm funny when I do it, motherfucker. I don't know about that. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> this is when... Hey, this is New York Times. Yes. This is New York Times showing when the night started, they predicted that Hillary had an 80% chance of winning. Right. See, see, we only like the New York Times, though. We only like the New York Times when they agree with us. Right. Other than that, it's a garbage rag made for garbage people with garbage ideas. The failing New York yeah. Times, <laughs> right? Failing <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk real quick? Failure. Failure. I, I want to read I want to read one of his tweets. I love this tweet so much. So oh, he God. was harassed at uh not Pence was har- wasn't harassed. Harass is too strong. That yeah. is way too strong. Yeah. Um Pence went to uh to a show over the over I think it was over the week. He went to go see Hamilton. Yeah. Uh and it was in New York and um this is amazing. So he said he went there and the, the cast sort of talked to him and they said, hey, please protect people that are marginalized. And and they were booing him and the cast stopped them from booing him. And then they said, hey, please stop. You know, please, please take a moment to consider this sort of thing. Right. And, it, and I listened to I, re- I read what they said. I didn't listen to it, but I read what they said. And I was like, OK, like, yeah, just like the, these people on stage looked down and told him, you know, something really sort of like some you know platitudes. You know, it's nothing really. I have a, a, a question about this, and it's a little bit of a side question, but it's but so you know Mike Pence and everybody kind of knows that like he one of the things he's famous for um, is his um, proponent. He's a big proponent of of conversion therapy, sure, yeah, right? Yeah. So I do think it's kind of ironic that he went to a theater, yeah. right, which is like the gayest place on earth. Because if he had his druthers, they all would have converted from theater majors to poli sci majors, right, <laughs> or business majors. Or and there, there'd be nobody. Right. <laughs> they he would have converted them all away from drama. I'll tell you that That's much. Sure, you know. But speaking of drama, yes. right? Uh, so uh, nice segue. Mm-hmm. He did so, a great job. So, uh, so that Pence <laughs> looks at him, kind of nods, and then. And that was the end of it. But then Donald Trump. Trump. Donald oh, Trump, this is so good. Donald Trump went to Twitter. And so this great. Is, this is what he said. Quote, the theater must always be a safe and special place. <laughs> and the cast of Hamilton was very rude last night to a very good man. Mike Pence. Apologize. Hashtag Trump SJW. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Eli Bosnick. <laughs> story. He's he really he really thinks the theater, the place where we go to get political commentary all the time, right, should be a safe and special place because the arts have never been the place for controversy or right, yeah, Yeah. for challenging our deeply held ideas and principles. This any different than those fucking Mm. rageaholics raging on? on safe spaces and universities. I mean, like, like we talked about this earlier, like when it comes to like saying this auditorium is a safe space. And if it's, if they're just like talking about different ideas and like, no, I declare it a safe space. Now you can't talk about it. You know, I think it's stupid. (laughs) Right. But that's never like, it's only happened like one time that I know of. And as you said, it's anomalous. It's not a thing that happens all the time. It's not like every time you walk into a big auditorium, people are like, this is a safe space. Ah!" (laughs) Like that's not what happens. But, let, even still, 
We're against that, right? We're against that idea. What, you know, if you go to college, you don't get to ad hoc declare in the moment, yeah. safe space, safe space, and then but you shut down not, conversation. It's yeah. not happening, and, and that's why it's easy to be against it. Yeah, and that's also what not what really a safe space is for, right? right? A safe space is for. You know, people that are marginalized, like gay people, to go to to a place that's a judgment-free zone for them, right? It's their clubhouse. Yeah, but you, people were so against it. And we heard from so many people, we're so against it. We're so against it. We're going to vote for Trump. We don't even agree with him. We're so against it, we're going to vote for him. Right. Well, he's, he wants a safe he's space. He's a safe spacer, man. Right. Like the guy you fucking, you, you, you said, okay, safe spaces are a big enough deal. I'm willing to make sure that women don't have a right to choose anymore. <laughs> because safe space. Because safe space and your fucking president is triggered. <laughs> Figure it out, man. Maybe, maybe what the cast of Hamilton should have done is put a trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right, right. They put a, should have put a trigger warning in the playbill, yeah, so that everybody would have known that this was a declared safe space, yeah, <laughs> for your SJW warrior. President SAW Warriors is redundant. I'm sorry. At 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I caught you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck me. And that Trump had a 20% chance of winning, That's so right. you move along. But then you look along the timeline, and exactly, this is 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We went on the air. That's when we went on Daystar. We went so on Daystar. Thank you, 7, Marcus Lamb, right there. At 7.30 at night, we went on the air, but we have a prayer room here. Yeah. We had people all across the United States joining with our prayer room here in Dallas in prayer. And look what happened. This was the moment when the whole race broke, when prayer began, the, the church came out. And then we see uh, a 30-point swing here, a 30-point swing here. And now we see the swing to 95% chance of winning Trump, 5% chance of winning Clinton. It's phenomenal. You're fucking retarded. You are retarded. You think that your prayer changed? That that She's pointing to a moment when she started praying and then it changed. It changed in response to data that had occurred and that was now being measured. The, the, the acts that the data was measuring yeah. occurred before it was able to be measured and reported, which means the prayers came after it. Well, what? Right? Well, yeah. Well, so, so how could the prayer have well, initiated no, no, the action? No, 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 no. I think what she's saying is, is that she prayed to God and God changed the votes. What? Well, that I mean, that's what? that's the only option, right? Let the right? voters' minds well, and not, hearts. No, 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 no. It can't be the voters' then minds and hearts. It cannot be. Bah. No, if you if you can if you prescribe to her thought, I think she's saying the votes just changed. Well, then that's not what the people want. Well, it doesn't matter. But that's, that's what not God how, wants. Then God, no, because there's no way. Because like you said, all those things happen in in these times, the right. 6.30, 5.30, those are when the t- people are voting. So people are coming in and voting. Right. And then if you pray after the fact, what could you possibly affect? No, you're right. That's you terrible. Could, you, the, the only thing you could do is be like, God, go back in time five hours and make people vote differently. But I don't think that's what – if you believe this – and again, because it's so logically inconsistent, I don't think you can believe any of it. I but, hope not. But I think she's saying – Oh, God, saying, I didn't even consider right? that. Isn't, I didn't even consider Isn't that. that what she's saying? That is so – like – Fucking back to the future. The very best part, the very, 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 very best part of this is all the people who voted Trump, you agree with this woman. Oh, my God. You two agree on something. And then get the vote. So wait a minute. And this reinforces something that I've been saying for a long time, which is I think I have much more in common with a liberal Christian than I would with a conservative 
atheist. I feel like if, if, if I ran into a very conservative atheist, I wouldn't have as much in common. The converse of that is true. You people who voted for Trump have much more in common with the Christian conservative right than you'll ever have with, a, uh, with me, which is a liberal atheist. The converse of that yeah, is I true. I guess so, probably. Yeah, very probably. Yeah. Because that is so, Cecil, that is so literally crazy that until you elucidated it, I simply could not have imagined it. That is some fucking flux capacitor shit. That's like, that's falling and fucking hitting your head on the toilet and, invent, a toilet and inventing a yeah. fucking time machine. Crazy. There's, it's that crazy, th- Cecil. The only way you pray and change votes is if you magically change the vote. So that means that... I mean, again, I have to say it out loud because it's so astonishingly obtuse that that means that she is celebrating an anti-democratic viewpoint. It sounds like this it. woman who has spent all of this time yeah. fucking jerking off America. She's got her fucking hand right on well, Florida and it's, whoa, whoa, she's no fucking lotioned what, up. She's ready to go. But no matter what, though, no matter what you are for anti-democratic stuff. Regardless of the two if outcomes, if you think prayer affects, if you yeah. think prayer affects it, you're because not it, for yeah, democracy because it either changes people's minds, Absolutely. which would be kind of against their will. And didn't doesn't don't we already have a history of where God doesn't do that? Yeah, God like hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? The fucking Pharaoh was like, oh fucking everybody's died like seventeen times over, and God hardened his heart so he can't change his mind, so he can visit meaner shit upon the people <laughs> for no reason at all. Just he can't even change his mind, so it's just mean. At that point, it's just mean. He has a history of just being a dick. Well, with the, as sensitive as Trump's been, maybe he'll get his heart hardened. Too. <laughs> he's, he's had it hardened. <laughs> Two sizes too hard. This graphic that was produced by the New York Times should tell believers and pastors the power of prayer, the power of action. And here it is, a graphic. The night isn't even over. The decision hasn't even been fully made yet about the presidency. And already we know that the glory goes to the God Almighty. It's bullshit. It's, it's phenomenal, though. And the thing is, is like she's saying the prayer is phenomenal. And now there's a minute of this left. I'm curious if she's actually going to try to contend with the god of the universe the sovereign lord he is the one who did this for us he did because his people got on their knees and cried out to holy god and said we can't go down this road anymore father we ask you for your mercy and this is the proof positive of what the lord did the lord did this and so wait a minute can i just can i just can i just comment still even if you believe this on how fucking weak sauce of an intervention this was. Like, he's still like, well, I'll change their minds, but I won't even change them to where they get all the popular. Like, I'll go back and change the votes, yeah. but only enough to sway the electoral exactly, college. Yeah. I'm going to take the one and a half million votes that Hillary got more than Trump, because that's, that's what I read today. Right now, right, right now. And there's still more and votes still coming counting in. they're still counting them, yeah. right? So we're, God's just like, look, I'll influence the electoral college, but sure. let's not get crazy. Yeah. You know where I would believe this? I would believe this if all of a sudden, like, God was like, I changed them all. Yep. I just changed. Because I know how I voted. Yeah. Right? I know how I voted. I know how you voted. Yeah. Uh, There's a handful of people. I know how you voted. Yeah. They changed them all. They changed them all. But instead, he changes just enough to win the Electoral College. That's it. That's how how it was changed. And and it still stays 50-50. 
Yeah, exactly. Is, right? it, is it like a tug of war? Is Satan changing other ones? Like is Satan being like, no, we're going for Hill Dog. God's there. I want you to I want you to go all you demons with your pointy tails. I want you to knock those chads out. I want you to knock what? all those chads completely out. I don't want any hanging chads. Well, there, there's a lot of ballot machines for me to get to. It's like Santa Claus coming down the chimney pipe. I gotta go in all them ballot machines and I, I didn't get to it till like 7 30. <laughs> A matlock was on. I had to wash that. And then my coon dog needed a bath. Now, I, I asked one of my angels to do it. I, I mean, he did it, I guess, but he just did the least possible. It's like, you lazy motherfucker. I didn't send him. I didn't send any of them to Chicago or California <laughs> yeah, or Oregon flip, you know what? Flip the or whole West Washington Coast. or New York or Vermont <laughs> or, or Maine or Massachusetts. Or, or basically where yeah, educated people yeah, live. Or where they have colleges and roads and I don't care about anal sex. So we're joined uh, again by uh, Matt Dillahunty. Matt, uh, recently uh, you had an opportunity to have a conversation with Dawkins. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. There's a promoter in Vancouver, uh, Pangburn Philosophy, and we're working together on a few things. I'll be doing a few debates, but he contacted me and said, hey, would you like to do, you know, one of these evening with Richard Dawkins things? He's he's done it with Krauss and Julia Sweeney and a bunch of others where it's, you know, the two people just sit on the stage, talk for a little bit and then take questions. And I'm like, well, yeah, cause that's absolutely no work for me. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have to prepare a talk. I didn't have to do a magic show. I just had to show up and sit there. Um, and it was fun. Um, Richard and I, we, we first met 10 years ago when he was promoting the God delusion. And um, I've emceed a couple of events for him. Uh, and we've, you know, had dinner a couple times, had one argument once, um, it was pretty cool. Um, we there was this, you know, a theater, and we sold it out. I, I'll claim that I sold it out, but I'm pretty sure that everybody's <laughs> going to think it was Richard anyway. Um, and mostly, it was great. Um, the only kind of mildly disappointing thing for me was the very last question is one that's I think really important, and it's an area where Richard and I disagree. And I was really hoping that we would get to something that we disagreed on because. You know, I caught a bunch of crap from some people for doing this. You know, how dare you sit down with a misogynistic Islamophobe who shouldn't be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And and I kept telling him, look, you know, I'm happy. You know, I, I blocked a couple dozen people on election night from my Facebook page, but I would still happily engage with any of them. And if you can't take an opportunity to sit down and talk about things with somebody as prominent as Richard and show people that you can disagree and not have it necessarily be the end of the world, um, then I don't know that you're doing anything good. And so I was looking for something that we disagreed on. Unfortunately, it came as the very last question and Richard gave his answer. And I immediately, I just, I didn't even bother to say or add anything. I also didn't nod in agreement because I didn't want to end the evening on this. Well, hang on a minute. I I think that's wrong. And here's why I, I almost did. And then I realized I, you know, I I don't need to have Richard in order to make my point uh, on the issue. I can 
produce a video whenever I want. I can talk about it in lectures, you know, and it was something I'd been planning to talk about anyway. So it was better to kind of let the evening end that way. And I know that when, when the video goes up, I'm going to hear from people, well, why didn't you challenge him on the, and, and, and I'll explain to them that I thought it was much better uh, to perhaps discuss it in private and then talk about my position in a video and go from there. We had, we had a good time, though. We, we bashed William Lane Craig without ever saying his name. Because <laughs> Craig is desperate to debate Dawkins and absolutely refuses to debate me. And he came up with just this awful, pretentious, arrogant justification, which is, well, Matt doesn't have a terminal degree in the relative field. And I was like, how can you say that before we've even come up with what the topic of the debate is? <laughs> right Now, granted, I don't have a terminal degree in anything. I don't have any degree in anything. But if the topic is secular humanism versus Christianity, well, those aren't things with terminal degrees. And I'm pretty sure any secular right. humanist organization on the planet would give me an honorary degree if that's what you really required to have the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But Craig will happily debate Sean Carroll on physics and get his ass handed to him in an embarrassing fashion when Craig doesn't have a terminal degree in physics. And so sure. Richard and I pretty much agreed and suggested that um, to all of our friends who are real scientists, who have real terminal degrees, whenever William Lane Craig comes to talk to you about debating, you should just refuse because he doesn't have a terminal degree in the field that you're going to be talking about. And you're using his own criteria to exclude him. I know why he wants people with degrees, and it's because he needs credentialed individuals coming from an academic background so that he can play his debating games, because he's a, he's a collegiate four-points debater. And he gets up and speaks first, and he's like, now in order for my opponent to win, he needs to do, and that's the wrong accent yep. for him, but he needs to do this, this, and this. And as soon as I stand up, I, the first th words out of my mouth are going to be, everything that he told you about what I need to do to win is wrong and displays that he doesn't understand the burden of proof. If he hasn't made his case, I don't have to say a thing, and he still loses. That's the nature of when you're making a proposition. Uh, and what Craig's trying to get you to, you to believe is that I need to disprove God yeah. In order to win. And that's just bizarrely wrong. But we, you know, we had a good time at the event and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to do more of them. I'm, I have, I have an event coming up also, I think in Vancouver, um, that I can't give too many details are about, but because I actually have the contract in front of me, I can tell you that, uh, it'll be me and James Randy, but I can't give out any other details. Okay. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. That sounds awesome. So tell us about us. Uh, Seth's having his 300th episode, and it sounds like he's got an amazing group of people set up. You're set to join him that week, right? Yeah, it's and it, well, it's this weekend. It's Saturday. I, oh wow! I'm supposed to be practicing right now, but <laughs> <laughs> but we've eaten up your time. If the show flops, it's our fault. Yeah. Right. I, I plan to get up there and start by saying that you know, if any if any of my tricks fail, um, it is entirely Tom and Cecil's fault. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd will look around. Who? Yeah, Who? exactly. <laughs> oh no no no! It's a podcast. You should, but yeah, so Seth. <laughs> Seth contacted me, and, and he's getting ready to do his third, 300th show. And, of course, the first thing I did was like, really? 300? Wow. Yeah, I think we're on episode 975. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's like, yeah. oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's not, that's no, let me help you celebrate your bar mitzvah there. <laughs> <laughs> Adolescence is so nice to grow into. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, right after I ask him when his testicles drop. <laughs> 
God, with a voice like that, he would it would rumble the earth if yeah, his testicles drop any further. No kidding. It's Good dreamy. Lord. I mean, I I would almost jump the fence for Seth, for Seth's voice. <laughs> but yeah, he, he you know he said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing it in Dallas, and you know, getting a few friends together, and you know, maybe maybe we'll get like you know 50 or 100 people to show up, and we'll kind of make a little miniature convention out of it. And I, of course, say yes, because I'm going to say yes to anything Seth wants, pretty much. Uh, we, we've been really good friends for years now, ever since, uh, ever since we met at the Oklahoma Free Thought Convention. But, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I don't even know who all's on there. I know Shelly's going to be there, and Arn Raw, and um, it's really just a bunch of friends. And Seth was like, hey, would it be, instead of just doing a talk, I kind of want to have fun with it, you want to do a magic show? And I was like, yeah, because I'd, I'd done magic at several different conventions. I, I started a Skepticon talk, two Skepticon talks with it. Uh, I did a whole show at Apostacon. I did a whole show at the American Atheist Convention in Memphis. And uh, I'm doing more and more, even with magic outside the, the atheist community. Um, and, and I'm going to have a, an actual tour that's all about magic and not about atheism. I'm going to do somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour because I haven't timed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got till Saturday. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, like he also put me last. He, he said I could go last, and that way he's like, you can take a whole hour if you want. You can do, yeah, you know, whatever. Good. So if people are going to find your stuff, where would they look, Matt? Oh, probably the main place is patreon.com slash atheistdebates. I post three or possibly four, usually three, videos a month um, where I take either a topic like uh, a version of the teleological argument or something you're more likely to run into with friends and family, like, you know, look at the trees or y'all just want to sin or whatever and, <laughs> and talk about, you know, the, the right ways and the wrong ways from my perspective of how to deal with it. I, I also post the debates I do and I post reviews of the debates where I go through and I pick out the, the high points and the low points, the, the flaws from both myself and my opponent, because you've got to be that, nitpicky um so that you're not the one that's there making bad arguments and i've made plenty of mistakes in debates and i'm not always the one that's going to find them you're, but if i can get to the point where i can point out the mistakes in the debates to other people then hopefully they won't make them and on occasion i'll do an interview with somebody because as much as i'd love to be the sole arbiter of what makes for good debate i'm not there there are other people who debate and there are other people who think about it and I want to get input and feedback from pretty much anybody who has thoughts on the subject because I don't want a bunch of mini-me's. I don't want a bunch of Hitchens clones. I want people going out and engaging comfortably, being willing to say, I don't know when that is the correct answer, and to not fall into silly traps and to be able to spot fallacies. And um, it's uh, it's been really interesting because we're, we're kind of branching out from some of that well matt thanks so much for joining us today we yeah, really do appreciate it oh anytime i appreciate it so we want to thank our most recent patrons philip shane matthew cecilia andrew lpd happy Derek, david pj todd monty the funk monkey of course amy Susanna. Eric, Steve, Chris, Richard, Beat Duck, Matthew, Stella, Al, Christopher, Lick My Danish Slowly. Okay. Uh, actually, no, Tom. That's all Tom. That, Tom, 
Although Tom has never licked a Danish slur. Like Tom will inhale a Danish. Like if you want, if you want your Danish eaten like a bulldog eating a plate of custard, Tom <laughs> will eat the fuck out of that Danish. I am unafraid to eat your Danish. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if it's fucking cheesy, <laughs> that's a one-time deal. Then he's then he's he's probably I gotta go. Yeah, no. I might go just, team donut if that's just, the case. Just bring a couple meatballs next time. <laughs> I'll bring the meatballs. <laughs> Jason Pascal. John, Philip, CJ, uh, Amy, Jared, and Dana. Thanks so much for your generous donations. We really do appreciate all the support from all our patrons. I want to go over a little bit of email today before we leave. So we got a message about NAFTA, Tom. And this is interesting because uh, a bunch of people were talking about like whether or not we were right or wrong, depending on what we were talking about when we did the 100 Days episode. And one of the message, a couple of the messages we got were about NAFTA. And uh, this message is from Mark, and Mark says, um, what we need to see in NAFTA are three changes, reasonable minimum wage in all countries, collective bargaining rights for all workers, and environmental safety and standards. Uh, and so, because we were spending a lot of time on the tariffs. On the tariffs. Uh, side, on the tariff yeah. side. Because that's something that, you know, like when you start thinking about it, like that's what you're really thinking about, at least, you know, for amateurs like us. So thank you for bringing that up to our attention. Right. And, I, you know, his other point, which I thought was well made, was that, um, by increasing the minimum wage um, and increasing the the amount of income that Mexican workers have in a free trade environment, that increases the amount of goods and services that will be purchased across the board. Yeah. So you know, it's just kind of what, what everybody's ship rises, right? So that's kind of the idea: is get everybody's ship to rise. Yeah. We got a message from Greg, and Greg had posted this uh, this uh, link to us, and it's a link to a page. That says, say hello to Mr. Trump. And it's essentially a bunch of different articles about Trump that are sort of negative articles about Trump that uh, that sort of explain some of the things that people have a problem with, like his uh, his truthfulness, whether or not he's truthful, um, his vindictiveness, his racism, uh, as explained in some of these articles, his sexism, his Islamophobia, his bigotry, his misogyny, xenophobia, etc. So if you're interested in finding out what these particular articles say about Donald Trump, um, you could take a look at those articles. Uh, the link will be on this episode show notes, episode 327. We got a message from Katie. Tom, this is great. And Katie says the new thanks Obama must be more, must become damn it, Donald. I, and I, and I like that. I think she's I right. Think that's great. Damn it, Donald. And I like too, that it can also be said with resignation, like damn it, Donald. Yeah, that's true. I guess everything, you know, everything for the next four years, I'm going to be saying with resignation. Right. So. Oh, God, I hope he resigns. That's what I hope. <laughs> God, and then you get pence. I don't even know what I hope. I'm in a place where I don't even know what to hope for yeah, anymore. Exactly. Like, I don't even know how to hope properly. Uh, we got a message from Angela. Angela <laughs> says, since we're going to need a place to put all these illegals Trump plans to incarcerate, we should just put a bunch of jail cells in the wall so we have a giant prison at the border instead of plain old wall. Seems feasible. <laughs> it's just good. You know what this reminded me? It's like hanging the pirates at the port, right? <laughs> That's just what it reminded me of immediately. That's awesome. We got a message from one Heath Enright Heard of, uh, of Heard scathing of atheist fame, and he said, amazing post-election episode, guys. Really great analysis. I'll eat nothing but Pizzeria Uno if you can fix this. Oh, God, I want uh, to fix think, this. First off, eating anything but Pizzeria Uno will not fix anything. <laughs> That's true. The only thing it'll do is fix your colon That'll from letting you, you go to the buddy. bathroom. <laughs> That's like pass, packing a musket after a while, <laughs> no, right? right? Oh, God. Oh, the blunderbuss yeah, is exactly. full. Exactly. It's going to blow. Yeah, pizza, you know, Pizzeria Uno isn't very good. No, right? it's not it's food. It's pretty terrible. So we got a message from Amy, and Amy <laughs> sent us a message. She said she's coming up to Chicago. She's from Tennessee. 
She says, I'm wondering if you might be going to the pig face show on Black Friday. My brother and I are coming up that weekend. I'm not going to be going to the pig face show on Friday, but on Thursday, I am going to make a pig face at home. <laughs> and I'm going to eat the pig face. I don't know if that counts. It, if it's cheeks and jowls. Yeah. I'm in. I used to listen to a song. There was a there's one album I own by Pigface. I do yeah. own a Pigface album. Um, but I, I can't. Do you remember. still own a Pigface? It's album? on my it's on my phone. It's on your, yeah. I could play it. Like I could play a play me a Pigface song. I'm not gonna play. I don't it. know Pigface. No, there was. Do I know? Pig there was face? one song they had. It was like "fuck it up, Pigface." Is what oh, song. I know that song. Right, right. Yeah. That's a Pigface. I want to go to the Pigface show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I old, need a babysitter for Black Friday, so I go to the timey kids. Daddy has to go to the Pigface show. <laughs> Daddy comes home with a Pigface. <laughs> <laughs> Give Daddy a hug. Uh, I'm never coming by Daddy again. You've never looked so good, Dad. Uh, <laughs> we got a message from. Um, this is from E. And E sent this along, and uh, E said that in Canada, we have this thing where we elected this prime minister or whatever, the king or whatever they elected, and uh, this guy by the name of Trudeau. And they have this this website called the Trudeau Meter, and they spelled meter with a superfluous end E there. At the yeah, they, they, they flipped They flipped, the, flipped, they flipped they it. Just, they spell it backwards. Yeah. It's, it's weird. So they're moose in charge or yeah. whatever they're calling it. I don't <laughs> the, know. The moose web designer. He made, it, yeah. he made his big Canadian promises <laughs> about how he's going to redistribute the maple syrup <laughs> or whatever. I like, promise, what do you even promise I promise in a beaver pelt in every right? pot. Yeah. So, I promise that the walleye fishing will be great <laughs> all year. Like, okay. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, Who cares? We'll all share our dollar. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, all go to Tim Hortons. But E sent this along, and E had this this really great site and said, hey, there's this, this Trudeau meter. Somebody should do this for Trump. Well, somebody's already done this for Trump. There's a Trump meter website, and it has all his promises, and it and it has a, a, a way to sort of check up on them to see if these are complete or if they're not going to be, if he's already broken them, et cetera. So uh, I don't know that anything's been updated on it since it's been created. I think right now everything is just sort of, uh, it says, it, I think at the inauguration, they're going to start going through. But uh, so there's nothing really right now that's listed, but it does list all of his promises. There's 102 promises that they've listed on here. So uh, we'll put a link on this episode show notes. This is interesting. We got a bunch of messages about this, Tom. Uh, we did kind of mess up a little bit when we talked about uh, welfare because Jesse Lee Peterson was talking about welfare last time. Right. And so it turns out that um, back in the 1930s to 1960s, um, 35 to 68, it looks like, and I did do a little bit of reading on this, um, there was a man in the house rule. It was a fucked up rule. Yeah. Actually, it's a super fucked up rule. And I think he had a right to be pissed about it 50 years ago. Yeah. So 50 years ago, there was a rule basically that said, um, you know, if there was a man in the house or somebody sleeping with the woman in the house. And, and then there was this crazy... Like the the rule got even more convoluted because some people were like, well, if he's you know if they're having sex once a week, it counts. Or one was like once every three months, it counts. Like, and that and it couldn't like receive welfare. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what you're then saying, you, right? You, you couldn't, couldn't receive, get welfare yeah. if there was a man in the house Weird. or a man like sort of associated with the house. So I guess in the sense that back in the late 1960s, that still existed. Yeah. Well, and then, and, and he was talking about the past, so we will give Jeff Cecily Peterson the benefit yeah. of the doubt. One of the things he said was true. We got a message from Christine, message. and Christine was like, hey, I went back and listened to old stuff to get to a simpler time. <laughs> I think that's so funny. And uh, uh, Christine said uh, a couple of things, but one of the things that uh, that Christine said was, February 13th, 2017 is your five-year anniversary with Thomas. Isn't that crazy? That we should do is something with him. And then it says, March 11th is your five-year anniversary with Jake. 
So oh. we should do something with Jake too. Um, and then she mentions <laughs> she mentions here too, uh, Grandma Lois. I know. Do you I, remember Grandma I Lois? I do remember Grandma Lois, and I hope that I Grandma Lois, if you're still out there, yeah. <laughs> I hope you're still out there, Grandma Lois. Yeah. So, uh, but this is the best. I, I I like that she writes. And here's an all remember that was a simpler time moment. Remember Herman Cain, Rick Santorum, Pope Benedict, anti-gay marriage bigots. I hear they're coming back in fashion. And Rick Perry. It was nice when you only got praise for being feminist, though. Oh, I think that's great. Wow. Well, that was great. Thanks, thank Chris- you, Christina. Thanks, Christina. You brought me back to a simpler time. I want to thank Matt Dillahunty for joining us today. Thanks so much, Matt, for coming on. And we know that this is coming out after he did his show, his magic show with uh, Seth at his 300th Indeed. Uh, episode party. Uh, but we hope that that magic show went well. Uh, check out Matt's stuff. Uh, he does Atheist Debates. You can find him on Patreon. You can also find The Atheist Experience on YouTube. And uh, you can find Matt's debates all over YouTube. Right. So If you Google Atheist yeah. Debates, you're going to find Matt Delahunty. Yeah, you're going to find yeah. Matt Delahunty. So we want to thank him for coming on. That was a lot of fun. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we're going to leave you, like we always do, with The Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.